I need to find the idea that will generate revenue as fast as possible. And like SaaS wasn't that thing because I would I would have had to like build it. Music wasn't that thing because I would have had to completely start the whole audience building process from scratch. I So I, I was like, what can I launch to my existing audience or my network somehow? And it doesn't require require a whole lot of effort to like build new stuff before we can actually start generating revenue. That was a, a period of time where I was totally freaking out. I remember like there was a three month period or so where I was just driving myself crazy. I was talking to you. I was talking to friends. I was probably driving my wife crazy. I was just so undecided. I had like uh, three or four completely, completely different business ideas uh, or options that I was, that I was That's weighing. my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to thegentlymad.com and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. How's it going, guys? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. I'm your host. Thanks for listening. This is the second episode back. Feels pretty good. I'm telling you, I uh, I mean, I've got one more episode to go before, before I beat my little last summer uh, false start, and then I will officially have been doing it consistently the longest in three years. <laughs> it only takes, only got to get to three to get there, which is pretty sad, but it has been an insane week. I don't know what your week's been like, but it's been insane for me. This past week was MicroConf in Vegas. I uh, sent out a newsletter about it a week ago. If you're not on my newsletter, then you can get on it by going to thegentlymad.com and subscribing. And uh, I, I talked about in that newsletter how important conferencing was to growing a business, how important it's been to every single business venture I've ever undertaken. And just being at MicroConf for the last week uh, just reinforced that in a million different ways. Uh, the, f- the travel was shit. I mean, it was hell. Seriously, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or that literally in 2018, traveling in America has gotten way worse than it used to be. But it's just like Everything is always delayed. My plane was delayed multiple times, both directions. You know, I had to take a, a shuttle from where I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee to Atlanta so I could get a nonstop flight. That was delayed multiple times. It, it was just, it's just such a mess. And, and I got to the airport and, and they wouldn't even let me have a carry-on. They were going to charge me an extra 80 bucks just for a freaking carry-on. Like, what's going on? You know, like what? <laughs> anyway, it's, it. I hate traveling, but I love the conferences. So this conference, if you are an entrepreneur or you want to be one or you're you're into any of the kind of stuff we talk about on the show, which I assume you are because you're listening, uh, you you would love MicroComp and you should try to go next year. It was uh, it was amazing. It was great. Uh, It's a small enough conference that you, you feel like you can really get to know a lot of people and it's also they also bring in some really quality speakers so the sessions are really high caliber but there's plenty of time packed in to just chill or rest or hang out with people and talk it's not one of these kind of conferences where you just you got you got shit to do every other second you know so so it was great you know i i feel like i learned a good bit from the talks but that's not really why i go to conferences anyway it's mostly to hang out with friends, meet new friends, uh, meet people I've known on the internet for years but never met in person. And part of it's networking too. What, what I talked about in the newsletter last week was uh, how important the reason, I should say, that conferencing is so important when you're growing a new business is because of the networking. Now, when I say networking, I'm not talking about it in like a sleazy marketing kind of, you know, I'm going here to try to 
pitch people and get customers, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not that. Uh, it's just the building of relationships. You know, the more people you know and the more relationships you have in the industry that you're in, uh, the more opportunities are going to be created for you. And it's not like something happens, there's some sort of an immediate, you know, return on that investment. Although in my case, there was cool story, which is coming up, but uh, it's, it's a, it's more of a long tail kind of thing. You know, you go and you make new relationships and, you know, like the next year, you know, those relationships maybe uh, turn into a client relationship or or someone refers you or something. It's just uh, so much of being successful with whatever your business is, is putting yourself out there and continuing to put yourself out there over and over and over again so that when someone thinks uh, they need, you know, a podcast or a website or whatever it is that you do, you're the person that comes to their mind. And so that's that's the whole point of this. And, it, and, and on top of it, you know, a lot of times conferences are just fun. Some of them suck, but ones like MicroConf anyway are super, super fun. So, a big thank you to Mike Tabor and Rob Walling. If you're listening, I doubt it, but if you are, thanks for putting on MicroConf. It was it was a lot of fun. I'm definitely going next year, and I already can't wait. It's it was just such a great conference. So, as I said, though, sometimes it does pay off immediately. Uh, so I got to I thought I was going to miss the first evening, which is sort of like this mixer. I don't know. Mixer sounds like a '90s business thing, but so it was the first event, which was like an evening socializing thing. And uh, I thought I was going to miss it because of my flight delays, but I got into Vegas in, in enough time to get in there, you know, toward the end before people had left. And uh, literally within the first 60 minutes of being at this conference, you know, I go in, get a drink, start just talking to people, meeting people. And of course, people are asking me about Podcast Royale, what that is, and I'm explaining it to them. And within 60 minutes, I had already had one company who was like, we're in, we're in, you know, so already one customer, which if you're looking at conferencing from a financial standpoint, and maybe that's one of the reasons you don't do it or don't want to do it because they're expensive, uh, one customer makes makes it worth it financially. And uh, while I only had one customer that just signed up at the, on the moment, uh, I made so many great connections and, and new friendships that I think are going to lead to business down the road. And I got to say, it's it's really fun when you go to a conference and you have people come up to you and they're like, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I love your show. I love what you do. You know, it's just it's just really encouraging, especially for someone like me who is constantly plagued by self-doubt and wondering if anything I do is worth anything at all or has any value to offer. It's really cool when that is kind of confirmed. And that typically happens when I go to conferences. But this is the first conference I've been to in years. And I just restarted this show. So I didn't really expect anyone there to know of me or of my work or have been impacted by it. So it was really, really cool that that happened a bunch of times. Um, it kind of makes you feel like you're you're on the right track, you know? So anyway, uh, it was an exhausting week. I'm very glad to be home, but it was a good week. It was a good week. And I would encourage you to, you know, uh, find some conferences to go to this year in your particular industry. I'm going to be going to several others if you're interested. I'm going to be at Craft and Commerce, which is the ConvertKit conference. I think that's in June. It's in Boise. And then I'm going to be at Podcast Movement later, uh, midsummer, which is in Philly this year. So if you're going to be at any of those, I would love to meet up with you and say what's up. We have a very special guest, Brian Castle. Uh, you probably know Brian if you listen to this show. He's been on every podcast I've ever done. He is an entrepreneur extraordinaire. I mean, he's he is famous for kind of I don't know if he coined the term productized business or productizing your service business, but he definitely made it popular. And he's got a course about that. He's got his own podcast called Bootstrapped Web and a business called Audience Ops. And, uh, you know, so when I was relaunching this show, obviously having him on was was one of the first first uh, orders of business. <laughs> and he said yes, and we did it. There's an interesting story here is that he just launched a podcast related service as well. And that was initially what made me email him and say, hey, let's let's record a podcast and talk about this because he launched something 
And I completely started freaking out because it was the exact same thing I was about to launch. And it kind of led to like, well, what do you do when you launch something and someone else launches the same thing? Or what do you do if you're, you feel like your business concept or idea is stolen? Or if you have an idea, but there's already a bunch of other people doing it, is it worth doing it anyway? You know, so we kind of got into a lot of those issues which I think most of us deal with all the time. And Brian talked about specific scenarios where he deals with that. So it it was a super cool conversation, I think particularly relevant to the stage I'm in at this moment and maybe you too. Of course, we talked a lot about productized services and marketing and all that kind of stuff that Brian is is known for. And uh, the bonus episode for uh, this week's show is was amazing, guys. I think it was actually a little bit longer than the main episode, but there was so much gold in there. I mean, we talked about uh, hiring. We talked about podcasting. uh, We talked about how do you compete in a saturated market and how do you manage just a ton of, if you have a, a lot of different projects going on, how do you manage those? Should you try to combine them? Should they all be separate? How Brian keeps his audience engaged throughout all these various projects and businesses. Uh, we talked about pricing. And as I always like to talk with people, we, we talked about like, what would what would Brian do if, if he had to start all over? You know, um, he's built this amazing uh, suite of businesses. And if he was starting it all over, uh, would he do something different? So just uh, the the bonus episode was great. I really encourage you to get that. It, if you missed last week's episode, here's how you get the bonus episode. You can go to thegentlymad.com and subscribe to become part of the Gently Mad community, and you'll get the private bonus feed for free. You can also subscribe via text on your phone. Just jump over to the Messages app and text the keyword TGM to the number 345345. And uh, you'll be automatically subscribed. I'm still blown away by that technology. (laughs) I think it's super cool. And I had a bunch of people subscribe via that method last week. I think maybe because of the novelty of it or whatever, but it it is fun. So you can subscribe via text. You can subscribe on the website. All different ways you can do it. But when you do that, you will get the private bonus feed and you'll, you'll automatically get every bonus episode that comes out. And right now there is one bonus episode for ever, every regular episode. So, uh, and they've been great. They've been really, really good. So I encourage you to do it. It's like a whole other episode and it, you know, we really kind of dive deep into a particular topic or strategy for growing your business. So be sure to do that. And also... Uh, this we're two weeks. We're just two episodes back. Uh, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. That really helps other people find the show. This isn't a news show, so I'm not really getting any of that iTunes juice uh, kind of promoting me. So uh, subscribing as well as uh, leaving a rating and review is super important. And you can do that by going to thegentlymad.com slash subscribe. And I've got a little video there about how to leave me a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. I have brought back the book giveaways. Okay, so if you go and leave me a rating and review, you will be entered to get a free book. And right now it's monthly. I might change it and do it weekly or whatever, but for now it's monthly. And this month we're giving away The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I gave that away three years ago, and it was super popular. It's one of my favorite books. It's one of the best books you can possibly spend time on. So if you go and leave me a rating and review, you will be entered to win that. Uh, Just take a screenshot of your uh, rating and review and email it to me at adam at avclark.com because if you're not in the U.S., then I can't see your review. And also your reviews don't have your name or email address on them. So... Send that stuff to me and I will get you entered in. All right. I think that's it for today. I feel like I'm forgetting something. I've got so many great things to talk to you guys about from this last week, but uh, it'll have to wait till next week because right now I can't think of anything else. So we'll be back in just a minute to talk with Brian after this brief word from our sponsor. Hey guys, this episode of The Gently Mad is sponsored by Fizzle. Fizzle is a community of entrepreneurs who won't let you quit. There's all kinds of courses, 
uh, amazing courses actually that are designed to help you grow your business uh, or even just get started if you're a complete beginner how to get started how to come up with your idea how to validate that idea and how to figure out who to sell it to and just the courses that will walk you through the whole thing but more than the courses is the community i've been a part of fizzle for years now probably what is this 2018 four years i would say and that community has been instrumental in everything that i've done since then Uh, i have a lot of friends in there and they just launched a completely new forum platform software, and it is amazing. It is the nicest forum I've ever seen. I've actually found myself using it a lot more. And uh, the benefit of the community is just being surrounded by people who are in the thick of it, just like you are. When you have a problem, when you have an issue, or just a question, you can post it, and there will be people who will answer and who will help you out, who will want to help you out. So if you go to fizzle.co slash TGM, you can get one month free and look me up. Look me up in the forums. I'd love to say hi. I'd love to connect with you over there. Trust me, you won't regret it. Fizzle.co slash TGM. Check it out. we've reached that time when it is time to talk to the guests so let's talk to brian i hope you enjoy this conversation and i'll be back at the end to wrap things up i thought this was super uh great timing because with someone like you, um, there are so many different things we could talk about. I mean, literally anything that falls under online business, marketing, podcasting, course creation, writing, SaaS business, you know, we could talk about any of it. And, um, but what is interesting that people, uh, don't know, which they're going to find out is that, um, you're, you are expanding. Oh, by the way, can I talk about this? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, you are expanding uh, some of your service offerings with Audience Ops to include uh, podcasting. And, and for people that don't know, Audience Ops is a, is a done-for-you um, uh, writing uh, service, blog, uh, content, marketing, marketing um, stuff. And, and you're a- a- expanding that into the podcast realm where you create done-for-you podcasts. And um, so just to set this up, um, yeah. this is something I've been working on for um, a few months. And given how fast you got it off the ground, you probably are thinking, what the hell have you been doing for three months? But um, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I've been working no, I mean, on it. Well, you and I have been emailing emailing about this. So yeah, um, yeah I, I mean... It, well, anyway, you go on first. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, let me just, uh, I just want to set it up and then and then I've got uh, the, an interesting yeah. thing here. So I've been working on something for a couple months, which was, you know, a productized service, which you're known for, and it, it was going to be around podcasting, but I wanted it to be a little different than the typical um, podcast editing uh, services that are offered, and, I, I, and Audience Ops was my inspiration. I thought, why can't I do what Brian does with articles with content. I mean, it's kind of a strange idea to think to let someone else record your podcast for you. But if you're a business and you're thinking about podcasting as a marketing tool, um, then it makes perfect sense. And so that's what I've been working on. And then last week I get an email from you to your community, which I'm a part of saying, hey, guys, guess what I'm doing? And I was reading that email and it was just like, fuck, you know, it's the exact same thing, like, exact and i was just so like it's the exact same thing and um we have since talked about it and everything's cool obviously you're on this show and um i actually have a completely different mindset about it now than i did at first but i thought what a great topic of all things we could talk about what a great thing to talk talk about that i'm sure so many people run into um uh, either yeah. someone else is doing my thing, someone else stole my idea, or more commonly, probably I, I've run into it with with everything I've ever learned. Really? Every time, there's there absolutely yeah, and and you're right. This is great timing. Like, this so all of this literally happened yeah. like in the past couple of weeks, and you and I were emailing about it this week. So yeah, yeah, perfect. yeah. Well, 
But even more than like someone stole my idea, I think probably what holds up a lot of people is feeling like I've got an idea for a business. I'm super excited about it, but there's a hundred other of them out there. And so why do it? Like just, you know, um, it's already been done and that keeps people from launching. And so I just thought this would be perfect for us to talk about um, of all the things we could. And so, um, so yeah, man. I mean, Can I we- just say, I, I just want to say um, one thing off the bat about this, like, and we can get into the details of, of the business and, and what sure. what I have in mind, maybe maybe what you have in mind. I'm, I'm sure there's actually some differences that, that we're there both are. not even yeah. aware of. But, um, so, but I just want to say this, that like, you know, because we were emailing this week about, um, you know, like you brought up how like, oh man, it's so close. It's so it, like, we're going to be direct competitors and, and all this stuff. And like, I just want to say like, you're not alone in having that sort of, uh, fear or anxiety about about that sort of thing i absolutely uh feel that every single time i come across a a potential competitor or or an existing direct competitor or like there's always that like oh man like what are they doing like what 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 move are they doing what was their strategy like who are they reaching and and like should i even do this and like that those thoughts come into my mind every single time and i can like literally in every business i've ever worked in i could point to Usually I I do in my mind I I focus on one direct competitor and I and I somewhat obsess over them but there's <laughs> usually way more than than just the one obviously but yeah um uh so it's 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 human you know but but that being said like I I think um uh I think it's it's a good skill to build up to to push that back and like stuff it back in the box and and just push on anyway yeah yeah, I, I think that's important. You're totally right. Your your first email to me when I emailed you and I was freaking out. Um, you were like, "Dude, if you're this concerned about these kind of things, you're not gonna make it." So um, it was kind of like, "Okay," um, but it was it was good advice. And um, like I said, I, I, have, I don't think I, I don't know if I said it that way, but I, I definitely once you emailed me, I was like, the first thing I was like, "All right, just stop and like definitely do it. Like, don't." Yeah. Don't not do it because of this. <laughs> no, you, you, uh, it pro- what I just said was probably uh, more uh, curt than w- what you actually said, but that's what I, uh, that, that's, that's how I uh, internalized it anyway. And, um, yeah. but I'm curious to know, like, uh, well, well, what made this so, like, uh, why I was freaking out so much was because I thought this was a, a, a truly something uh, like a, not, completely new. There's nothing new or completely original, but I thought this was a definitely a spin on, um, podcast production services that I hadn't seen before, um, or had seen very little of anyway. And so that is part of what, you know, why I just wasn't expecting and let alone someone I know and someone who like, who I was actually going to pitch the service to, you know, um, (laughs) and stuff like that. So that, that was part of it. But, um, but no, you said that this happens to you all the time and you feel this way. Um, when you originally decided to go with audience ops, I remember us talking back then and you were considering a few different directions and you just sold restaurant engine and and then kind of out of nowhere, because you were talking about music. I mean, it was just all these different ideas and out of nowhere <laughs> comes audience ops and it's it's perfect in hindsight. But at the time I was like, where did that come from? And so... Did you did you just wake up one morning with that idea? Did you see an existing business and say, "Oh, I can do that in my own way?" Or did you? How did you feel um, about audience ops in relation to competitors and stuff? Yeah. So, all right. So, I'm thinking back. This was about three years ago now. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I guess a little bit. So, audience ops has been around now for three years. I started working on it a little bit more than three years ago. Yeah. Um, uh yeah so i that was a a period of time this was mid 2015 where i was totally freaking out like i remember like there was a three-month period or so where i was just driving myself crazy i was talking to you i was talking to friends i was probably driving my wife crazy you know um just because i i was in the process of exiting restaurant engine i i don't remember if i don't think that it was actually like that deal wasn't closed yet but it was happening 
Um, and so through, and that was a multi-month process. So, yeah. so through that, I was like, all right, I have to be thinking about what's next. Cause it, it wasn't the type of exit that I'm going to go retire on a beach somewhere right. like way far from it. Like I, I had to ha- get something lined up going. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I wanted to put a lot of that money away. Uh, we, we used a lot of that money on our house that we live in now. Um, yeah. Uh, so I wasn't, I, I, some of the ideas that I was kicking around involved, just investing all that money right away into building like a new SaaS product, yeah, like a software, which I knew would be a year or so of just paying developers to build something yeah. before I'd even have any any customers. And man, just looking back on it, I am so glad that I did not go down that route because <laughs> I would have completely just blown right through the money and then yeah, and then had and then would have had to just go back to consulting or something like that. Um, and then, um, what were you freaking out about? Was it just that you knew well, this money wasn't was, going to last I had forever? Like, uh, um, yeah, I, I just, I was just so undecided. I had like uh, three or four completely, completely different business ideas uh, or options that I was, that I was weighing. Like one was my whole life. <laughs> an idea for us. Yeah. Like one was like an idea for a SaaS that, that was actually, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brennan Dunn's new thing, right message. Yep. Um, uh, it was very, it was that idea. It was like a, a personalization engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I mean, talk about, you know, com- competitors and FOMO and all that. I mean, just seeing Brennan Dunn doing so well with that now, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now like, fuck, I, I was thinking <laughs> of that idea for years, you know, yeah. and then I didn't really do it. Um, and so, uh, let's see. Uh, so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like music. Uh, um, you know, I come from a background in music, like like I know you do too. And and um, and I and I still would like to get back into. I got I was into um, composing music for picture, like for TV and film and stuff. And yeah. And uh, right now, I'm actually trying to get back into that just as a hobby. But I don't. I have no time, so that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and so. Um, I was thinking about, but at the time I was thinking about like going back into that business, like in a, in a big way, like doing that, but also maybe selling info products to musicians and who knows what else. But yeah, that, that was short lived because I realized, okay, musicians are pretty much broke and they're, and, <laughs> and my, my audience had nothing to do with mu- music. So that was just too much of a, of a stretch. Um, and then the, the light, like I guess the light bulb moment, if you will, or the or the thing that more like it, like just smacked me across the head was when I went to Microconf that year mm-hmm. in Vegas, which is a conference that I go to basically every year. I've been going for the last like six years. Um, Are you going to be there this year? And, by the way? Uh, yeah. Are you? Yes, I'm actually going. So I'm, I'm excited to meet people in real life that I've known for years. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to so. growth or starter? I'm going to starter. Um, I actually know Mike and, uh, well, yeah, I don't know how much. I, uh, yes, I'm going to starter. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. But, uh, 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 yeah, uh, Mike, Mike Tabor. Yes, Mike Tabor. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. I'll Mike. be there. Uh, but I'll be at, um, I'll be at growth, but I'll be there for that like mixer event, the Tuesday night. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, Sorry. It's a conference you go to every year. So, um, yeah, so I was there in 2015, and uh, just you know, meeting all all my entrepreneur friends and meeting new new entrepreneur people, and and um, I don't really know what what it was that clicked, but but the thing was like I need to find the idea that will generate revenue as fast as possible, and you know, recurring revenue. Um, uh, and like SaaS wasn't that thing because I would I would have had to like build it. Um, music wasn't that thing cause I would have had to completely start the whole audience building process from scratch. I, I mean, yeah. I already had a, a, a decent audience at the time. Um, so I, I was like, what can I launch to my existing audience or my network somehow? And it doesn't require, require a whole lot of effort to like build new stuff before we can actually start generating revenue. Um, I had already been talking about productized services, selling that course, um, I was like, well, all right, then why don't I just do a productized service? <laughs> yeah. Like, duh. Um, and then, um, and then I, right, so like, what would it be? I wanted to do something with recurring revenue. Uh, I had, I had built, a, I basically just looked at the systems in restaurant engine and, and one of the great systems that I think worked out pretty well was our blogging process. Like I had outsourced the writing of our weekly blog posts on restaurant engine. I had, I, I had somebody on my team handling, 
all the setup and all the email newsletters and the social media posts and and the writers were just coming up with topics and it was happening automatically without my input and um and it and that was the the way that we grew restaurant engine had you know got did great in, in like google and and growing the email list and all that so and at the time i was talking about that in in restaurant engine to other people at microconf i think i did like an attendee talk or something so i got yeah. a lot of like interest like like people coming to me like how did you hire writers how did you set that up how did you give them the, the process and and in 2015 at that time i mean Content marketing, I'm not not saying that it was new, but like blogging as your content marketing strategy. If you're a if you're a SaaS or an online business, like that was the thing at that time. Yeah, it still it still kind of is, but but in 2015, that was probably like the height of like every business needed to like start a blog if they're not doing it already and have like quality educational content. Um, yeah, and um, and and I I feel like I. And at the time, I had no idea if it would work, um, but I knew that it was the fastest thing that I could launch. And I, I remember at MicroConf, I, I having just being inspired and like kind of that. What? All right, here, I like your show because I, I could just be like brutally honest about <laughs> shit. Um, uh, I um, I went to MicroConf thinking I was going to do that stupid music idea, like get back into the music industry. And, yeah. I, and the Friday night of my, uh, or like the first night, the Sunday night. I was talking to people about that and people are like, huh, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> and, and then, um, and then like by the next day or two days later, uh, I, I must've stumbled on that idea and, and started running it by people and, and I got some better feedback. And then the, the day after microconf, I was in a, a hotel room like all day because my wife was coming out to Vegas to meet me. So I had like six or seven hours to, to, um, to spare, to, to waste, so I was just, I didn't go do anything in Vegas. I just sat in the hotel room, just writing notes, like writing it all out furiously and just getting the whole idea down on paper, like the pricing, the packages, the, what it would look like, what we would be doing. Um, and then, and then once I got home, I spent like maybe like a week or two, put up a basic landing page, emailed it out to like 30 friends, um, say, Hey, here's something that I'm putting together. Could you give me your feedback or thoughts? If, if you or somebody else, you know, might, might be a fit for this. I, I'd love an introduction. Um, and I think out of that just warm email, um, the first, I, I don't know if I forgot now, but I think it was like the first three paying clients came from that. Yeah. Um, and then, or, or like an introduction from that. And then we had like five paying clients within, uh, the first 30 days there. Um, and so then it was just off and running and, and I started, you know, um, I hired a couple of writers. We, we scrambled a little bit to get our, our client process together. I remember thinking like, all right, no matter what in this new business, I will not be the person writing the articles for clients ever from day one, you know? Yeah. From day one. Like I, that was my one kind of like require, like requirement was like, I, I can't just start a consulting business that requires me to be doing the work every single time. Um, what uh, I'm curious um, what, because uh, a lot of people would start with, you know, even if that was the intention, even if it was the intention, like one month in, a lot of people would start by doing it themselves and until they got a, a few customers in the bag and then hire someone like what was the thought or the strategy behind from day one, I'm hiring people. Well, that, that is how I would still recommend it is, is like, do, do most of it yourself, uh, for a while before you start delegating. Like if it's your first business beyond just freelancing, um, that, that is how I would recommend doing it. Um, but in my why, case, why so? I had, uh, because you don't have the experience of, of delegating. You may not have the cash flow to start hiring people right away. Uh -huh. Um, you don't, you don't, you haven't proven like the systems and processes yet, um, I, I shouldn't say that, like, I didn't delegate everything. The, the only thing I did delegate from day one was the, just the writing. Like, okay. like uh, the first people that I hired were, were like two freelance writers, but I still had to do all of the project management, all of the client communication, all of the sales, all everything. And I was, I was, but my intention was, all right, I'm going to start by hiring writers and I'm going to manage them and communicate with them and I'm going to communicate with the clients and through this process I'm going to figure out my processes the the like 
and and I my goal was eventually to remove myself from every one of those processes. And, and I mean, it right. took many months. Um, but, uh, and then, so we, but like a lot of things converged like that year, just from a marketing perspective too, because I, the sale of restaurant engine that got a lot of attention. So a lot of people are listening to my podcast and blogs and stuff about that sale. So yeah. people are very, at that moment, people were, were more tuned in than usual to my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that combined with I I went on Pat Flynn's podcast around that time that brought in a lot of attention, um, and and I was going on a lot of podcasts at the time again talking about all these things happening. So yeah. so that all converged to to just a ton of clients coming into Audience Ops that year, right? Um, and so um, so I think like two or three months into it, like we had like. It, within three months, I think it went up to like 10K MRR or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then I had to just stop, like pause new sales. And and we then spent about two months um, uh, just working on processes, just working on. And, and I hired like a project manager and, and a couple of uh, virtual assistants and maybe one or two more writers and just really hammering out our standard operating procedures and the tools that we're using internally and get all that stuff together so that. I could open up the door again to take on to to put the systems in place to be able to just keep growing as as needed. Um, yeah, and then, I mean you know just today it, it so like really that first year it, I was st- I was still heavily working in the business. I just wasn't writing the content. I, I was I was managing. I was writing and rewriting a lot of processes. I was we were shifting between using different tools. Um, I was experimenting with different marketing strategies i was doing all the sales oh and by the way my family was traveling across the country that whole time (laughs) um so it was a crazy year but it was growing like so fast that it it was just out of control um but i but anyway like fast forward to today 2018 i mean today we have i don't know like 22 people or something um all remote uh, you know, a bunch of writers, about four different project managers. They they kind of communicate with clients. Uh, we've got some copy editors. We've got uh, a handful of virtual assistants, and um, I'm still doing the sales calls. But everything beyond that, like once the client signs up, I just hand the info over to the team, and they run with all the processes from there. Yeah. What kind of uh, MR are you at now? Uh, I'm not as public about that. <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'll, I'll just say it's, um, you know, it's like in, in like the mid five figures that thereabouts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's, it's been very healthy growth then over three years. Uh, well, I would say it's, it's been, I'd say right now it's, it's very healthy and very stable, but 20, um, what was it? The period from. Okay, so so it officially launched in 2015. Here's what the trajectory looked like over, over the past three years, because yeah. because it is a pretty much like a roller coaster. Like uh, launched around this time, like like April May 2015. From from that point up until it was like 18 months, so like up until like late 2016, like September October, it was just growth, growth, growth every single month. Um, and it, and it was crazy and it, and it and it and it reached its height and then november 2016 i or october 2016 i decided to start working on a new saas product called ops calendar which is kind of, which was kind of born out of audience ops it, it it it's a content calendar tool and it's and it's designed around um a lot of our systems for producing content um yeah. And, uh, you know, it incorporates like processes that map to a calendar and social media scheduling and WordPress integration and, and all this different stuff. So it's a pretty com- complicated product. Um, you know, I did a, a bunch of like um, not it wouldn't only be a tool that we would use internally, but I wanted to sell it as a SaaS tool. And um, and I did some validation. I did some pre-selling of it, had a small beta group. And then and then what happened was just getting back to the audience ops. <laughs> Um, trajectory uh, in October of 2016 I was like man we are growing 
we I, I was putting away cash in this like profit savings account ready to invest yeah. just ready to invest that into software uh i validated it i got some pre-customers and then october i pulled the trigger i was like all right i'm gonna hire some developers um you know that's gonna cost a, several thousand dollars a month uh but but we can do it and things are looking up in, in audience ops but then november we have kind of a down month some cancellations, slow slow sales. I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's just kind of like the holidays. It's a slow season. December, slow sales and, and audience ops. Um, again, ah, it's probably just the just the holidays. Like, I'm not too worried about it. We'll bounce back. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm still paying for developers. I've got full time salary employees on audience ops, um, and and MRR at that point is starting to flatline, like kind of stop growing. January, my family goes to the Philippines for the whole month of January. My, my wife is, has family there. Um, and so that was a really amazing trip, a lot of, lot of fun. Um, but I was away. I was working here and there, but I, I couldn't really do sales calls and, and things while I was there. Um, yeah. So had another horrible month that month. Uh, so sales were, were not happening and cancellations, like a bunch of clients were just one after another it was brutal like it was it, it was yeah. you know um then february we get home we still have a down month and and it's just bad like um <laughs> like lo- lost a bunch of mrr and i'm still investing in developers on this SaaS product because yeah um because that was showing momentum right like we didn't have the product completed or, or like ready for customers yet but but there was interest we were getting signups for the email list. I had the prepaid customers. They were waiting for their access and all this stuff. So I was like, I, I want to keep pushing on that. Um, luckily, March, April 2017, things start to recover a little bit. I, I you know, made some adjustments and started to um, uh, cut costs where I could, but I also worked pretty heavily on fixing a lot of the problems that that I think were... were um, leading to the downturn of, of audience ops. Like one was, um, uh, that's what I was just going to ask you. What do you think caused that, uh, downturn? Well, part of the thing that was killing me was that I didn't really know too much at the time. And I was, and, and yeah. at first I didn't, I thought it was just kind of the holidays and whatnot. And then, and then I was like, right, it's definitely a problem, but what is the problem? Um, and that was killing me, but I think it came down to basically two things. One was our new client onboarding process. So going from, mm-hmm. from the sales process into the first month of a client's experience, um, that it turns out that that wasn't as good as it as it could have been. Um, so we spent a lot of time during that period just revamping what a client experiences during the first month and and just going above and beyond to like set expectations um, around when they're going to see things like when, when they're going to when we're going to deliver things, getting input from them on their content. Um, you know, like I, I think, I think it went from, I, I, for a while I was selling audience ops and I also had a salesperson working in 2016, kind of making these promises as, as well as I was too, that like, um, audience ops is like, we, we automate it. You can just sign up and then you can sit back and we're going to create great content for you. But then we yeah. sh- we shifted to this thing where, all right, I tell them like the first month is onboarding and we're going to work with you. We're going to interview you a couple times and and really research your your product, your customers and and what matters to them. And we're going to want to get your input on on what we're working on, like our drafts and our topic ideas. And, and we want your input. We want you to give us back edits. And that makes us better. And I And I try to... Um, really set that expectation like by the second or third month is when we fall into a pretty good groove but we want your input during that first month um, and 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 there and I was it turns out clients are really on board for that like they get that you know and and I didn't get that yeah um, early on um, so uh, so we made those adjustments and that eventually like it takes several months for that to really kick in and take effect but it definitely cut the churn problem down like now churn is the best Mm. you know it's ever been um and i guess the other thing was just 
um, I wasn't as out there. Like I said, like in 2015, I was out there a lot of a lot more publicity, a lot more podcasts, a lot more things happening. So so there was just more interest in what I was doing. But by 2017, like that wasn't really the case. Like I I still had a growing audience, but it wasn't like things were happening, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, so I just did more. I, I started getting out there more. I started creating more content, more podcasts, more webinars, going on other podcasts. And that that started to kick up sales a little bit. And so, you know, then as we got into like April, um, so 2017, like a, mid, mid 2017, it, it starts to recover, but I had to then pause progress on, on the SaaS tool for a little while just due to cash flow. Yeah. Um, that was kind of painful. And then, and then we picked that back up in the fall of 2017. And now, you know, we're fast forward to 2018 and things are pretty, um, pretty solid now with, with audience ops. We've got a really, and and also throughout that time we had some, some team turnover, but now our team is just really solid. Most of them have been on for over two years. Um, the client base is really solid. It, it isn't growing as fast as it did like that first year, but it's, it's still pretty solid. Um, the nice thing for me now is that I, I have the most free time from it than I, than I've ever really had. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. like, um, you know, I don't have these fires to put out anymore. All of our systems are running like, like a machine. Um, and it leaves Well, me, and that's kind yeah. of the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, um, and so now, you know, I'm focused on, um, well, I mean, launching this this podcasting extension, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I'm 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 also spending time like thinking about other software products or, or the main software product. But now I'm I'm also starting to learn to code myself and be able to take things from idea to to an actual product without having to rely on outsourcing development. So, um, that's, yeah, that's one of my goals for this year. Well, I, I, you know, there, there's so much in there. Um, I, I definitely have questions about, um, your, you know, your, your sales process and hiring a salesperson and, and some of those things you did to start getting back out there and everything. But, uh, foreshadowing, I'm going to save a little bit of that for the, uh, the, the bonus or whatever I'm calling <laughs> the, <laughs> the special bonus feed. But, um, I wanted to circle back to one thing you said in, in that, um, cause a lot of people listening, um, are, are this, your situation is their dream, you know, like, you know, to be able to launch something and have it kind of, uh, be this well-oiled machine and give them actual freedom and not just create another, you know, job for themselves, which oftentimes is, is, is harder and more stressful than just a nine to five. And, um, and you've done it. And so, I'm curious, though, one thing I kind of interjected there was uh, you knew from the beginning that you were you were going to have a team from day one. You were not going to actually be responsible for um, producing the actual deliverable that was going to go to the the customer. But you said that's not exactly how you would recommend uh, your students and and productize or or people do it. And um, and I just wanted to talk about that part for a minute, because uh, uh, you said the reasoning was kind of at the beginning, you don't really have necessarily the cash flow or the experience to do that. Um, would you say that it mostly your recommendation is mostly around, you know, the experience of hiring and managing a team or, or does it have more to do with, with validating the idea? Uh, I think it's more actually more about validating the idea, um, not only okay. validating the idea, but also validating the process. So, um, you know, because most of the people that I talk to are, they come from a freelancing background, consulting, or maybe yeah. work, maybe working as an agency. And typically the way those work is that you, you do a lot of work for clients and maybe, maybe you have outsourced, you know, pieces of your projects here and there, but still like the projects are so scattered and so, and done in so many different ways. Yeah. And, and you have, and you know, you're doing a website for a university, then you're doing a website for an e-commerce store, then you're doing one for a blog. Like it's completely different from one to the next, and you're using different tools. Yeah, it's not an easily systematized business. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about web design, but like anything. You know, like yeah. most most people are like a, a copywriter. Like they they'll do a sales page one day, they'll do a blog post another day, they'll do you know emails the other. Like it's so so what I what I think people should should 
get a handle on before they start building out their team for a productized service is the process. Like, okay, you've, you've identified there is this problem that you can solve for a customer. You know that there are cust- there's a particular type of customer who has a very specific problem that is painful enough that they'll that they would pay for it to be solved you you've identified that um but then you have to start to figure out like how what's the most efficient way to deliver to to put together a really great solution but deliver it in a really predictable way and that takes time to really figure out i mean i've gone through different iterations within audience ops and and other things like you got to go through it and do work with the client directly. And, and I did this in audience ops. Again, I only outsourced the writing piece, right? but I was still, I was still managing the process. I was still figuring out the process. Maybe what you would recommend is not, um, it wouldn't be necessarily to not outsource parts of it from the beginning, but, but especially if you haven't done this before and you don't have processes in place, you, you need to, uh, you need you need to be the one managing that process um, just because how the hell are you going to hire a project manager if you don't even know what the processes are, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and eventually, and like, how are you going to, because the other thing is that people start to hire just because they're busy, just because yep. they have a lot of projects on their plate. But that doesn't mean that you're ready to hire because you need that the work to be repeatable. Right. Right. Like you, you need you need to have these you need to know that like, all right, if I'm going to hire a virtual assistant, I know for a fact I'm going to need them to send an email newsletter every single week because that's repeatable. And I have a process for that. Right? And they're going to also need to do these 10 other things repeatable, um, not just these projects. That, like, all right, do that one project. Oh, now it's done. Oh, now I got to scramble to give you something else to work on. Like, yeah. You know, I, I felt I've fallen into that trap and I've had to hire someone and then let them go just because I wasn't ready you know um how would you say to move from you know that place of scrambling and and not really knowing what's repeatable and and what to hand off to the place where you are now like how do you because you know what it's like when you're in the business and you're you're handling all these things and it's crazy and you're overwhelmed and and it's just like there's almost no brain margin left to figure out you know to take a thirty thousand foot view so you know how, how do you even start to be intentional about that. Yeah, I think I think it it does come down to being intentional from day 1, you know. Um as you're doing the things yourself, uh take it slow to fit to as you're doing the the work, you're also thinking, all right, I know that I'm not going to be the one doing this work forever. So as I'm doing it, I should figure out like what if somebody else were to be doing this task, what would they need to know about what I'm doing right now? Yeah. So start like starting to document processes, even just rough ones that you could fill in details later. That that's probably the way I would go. I wouldn't get too detailed because you're probably going to have to rewrite it all later anyway. Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, I mean, like now with the podcasting service, like I'm literally going through that same process again. You know. Yeah. Um. Um. So for example, like I just uh. So, so as of this recording right now, there are five clients on board, like ready to start. And, um, I just this week, like yesterday, I, I brought on two podcast hosts to the audience ops team. So it's just like the writing service. Like yeah. I knew for, I, I knew that like the hosting of the podcast, like getting on the show with, with clients or with guests, like, I'm not going to do that. I, like I won't be on any clients podcasts. So I knew for a fact I I would need to hire people for that role first. But beyond that, we have nothing. We, we don't have any processes yet. Um, I'm, I'm planning on, uh, getting on like the, the calls with clients as we get them onboarded just to figure out what that process is. And I'm going to work with our hosts on, on figuring out like, all right, what, what are the processes and what are the tools we're going to be using and, and all these different things. Um, so I'll be working closely with them and with the clients for the first, you know, month, two, three months. Um, but as I'm going through it, I'm I'm thinking about processes and I'm thinking about, all right, we're going to slot in a, an audio editor here. We're going to have a virtual assistant handle these tasks. Like, you know, it's all repeatable, but we just have to figure out what those things are. Right. 
Well, so how how did you deal with the uh, what we started talking about? Um, how did you how did you deal with the uh, the, the kind of stress and, and the feelings that come along with um, uh, someone else is already doing this, or you know, I'll never be able to do it as good as them. Um, you know, just just all that stuff that gets in the way of you actually launching and and also determining um whether or not uh you should launch maybe your thing is just it's too me too it's too it's too close it's it's just too saturated and you should come up with something different i mean you know how how did you work out all that um well you know i think that with a if you compare that feeling for a service versus like a software product um I think it's much more stressful or fearful if you're trying to launch a software product and there's another competitor or yeah. competitors. Whereas with a service, I don't see it as much as bad of a thing because like, just first of all, I think competition is a good thing no matter what sure. business you're in. Yeah. But but the, that stress that we're talking about, like if I'm trying to launch a SaaS product, just like we're just talking about Brennan Dunn's thing, right message, you know, like it, I, I don't kill myself over it now, but like, it, it was to- exactly the idea that I was thinking about three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, and it, and something that I had been wanting to get into for a long time. I just hadn't really executed on it. Um, and like now for me to do that, and I kind of am with a WordPress plugin, but anyway, <laughs> like, um, like it's, it's all right. Well, you know, Brendan's already out there and he's already, he's already like got really great traction with it. So like, that's a software product and like there there are there is only so much room in a market um before it just gets completely oversaturated and it is competitive for software because literally software tools are stealing customers from other soft like they're they're getting customers to switch right yeah but but if you compare that to services you know i only need 10 customers or 20 customers or 50 customers and this is a fantastic business yeah you know there are way, way more customers in the world who need this sort of service, whether we're talking about writing or web design or podcasting or anything like a a service business only needs to carve out a handful of clients. Like it's, there's, so it's, it's not as in terms of like the competitive, like the competition for customers, it doesn't bother me nearly as much for a service or a productized service than it, than it might for a, for a sat like a software. Well, product. like w- what was freaking me out, it wasn't that I thought there's just not enough customers in the world for um, Brian to do this and me to do this. It wasn't that at all. It was, I don't want to be a copycat and I don't want Brian to be pissed that he launched something. And then two weeks later, Oh, Adam just launched the exact same thing that I did. And you know, it's kind of, it feels kind of middle schoolish a little bit, but still it, it concerns me. And you know, I, I, I stress over it and um, it's not at all about that. There's not enough customers. It's just that um, we're friends and, you know, and, and I don't want to be seen as, as, as a copycat. And I I want to, uh, you know, I I want to provide real value and not just be, you know, another me too, because there's so much of that in online marketing and online business. So many people, it's like you just see courses and podcasts and things just pop up and they're clearly an exact copy of something that person saw as successful. And, you know, and I know in my heart, that's not my situation or your situation, but still, Maybe it's maybe that's just pride. Maybe it's a little bit of a perception thing, and I'm just yeah. worried that people are going to think a certain way of me, and that's and that's what stresses no, me out. I, I don't know exactly. Yeah, like I guess just going back to the very beginning, like I totally uh, have felt that too. I still do uh, on, on different things that I'm working on, and yeah. like um, uh, I get that. But you know, the good news is that you and I are friends, so um, yeah. so you just emailed me and. And we talked about it and it was, and obviously it's totally cool. Like, and, and, yeah. it's, and I obviously know that you, you're not copying me. I'm not copying yeah. you. Like, we know that like, and, and I was, yeah. the other thing I told you over email was like, your thing is podcasting. Like, of course you're going to launch this service. That, it makes total sense to me. Like, <laughs> like if, if anyone's going to launch this service, it should be you, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, but the other, the other point is, yeah. um, People know and trust you 
like listeners of this podcast, probably way more listeners of this podcast know you than know me. (laughs) Um, And so, so those are your people, you know? Um, Sure. There's, there might be some overlap, but I think you'd be surprised. Like there, there, there's probably a lot less overlap of our audiences than, than you might think. Um, uh, But still like even, even people who know both of us, like, there are people that I resonate with and there are people that you resonate with for whatever reason. And, and like, yeah. and they've been following your stuff for years, or maybe they've been following my stuff for years, or maybe they just discovered you and, and it resonates with them. Like it's people buy for so yeah. many different reasons um, or subscribe for so many different reasons that it's, you know, and again, it's, it's a big world out there. <laughs> you think it's, you think it's just something that you get over with experience? Like, you know, does it reveal a little bit of my inexperience that I would freak out, you know, at that? And it's just something that you, you know, the longer you're in this game, the more you get used to those kinds of things. And it's just not something to worry about. Or is, or, or is there ever a situation specifically in a, in a productized service? We've discussed software, but is there ever a situation where you're like, I shouldn't do this. This is too, it is too much. Like too you competitive, know? you mean? Like too too many, like too crowded? Well, it is like, it's, it, it is, well, either too crowded or it is too, it is too close. It is too, uh, it is too similar. You know, is that, should that ever be a concern really? Or is it just, it's just not a concern that anyone should worry about? I don't, I don't think it should be a concern. Um, as long as you have the right intentions. And, and by that, I mean, you don't go into the business specifically to copy another business like and i and that happens all the time we know like for every successful SaaS or every and even successful services there will be 10 like as soon as they're they're popular and successful there will be 10 plus copycats and they're literally and i've seen this with my sites especially with restaurant engine it was it was literally out of control like i would see people (laughs) put up websites that like they used our right. logo and just changed the words and they and they used the site and they cha- and they used the cop like the text and the colors and all of it just line for line copied and and, and like you know <laughs> th- obviously yeah. that's not going to be what you're doing that's not what i would do um it, i think the key is even when you're launching something and there are other people in the space who are doing similar things as long as you're making all of your decisions based on what your customers are telling you um, and what you think is best for your customers, like it's, it's between you and your customers. It's not between you and me or you and Justin Jackson or you and whoever else is in this space or Craig Hewitt or whoever else. Like, um, you know, like it's, they're going to have insights about their customers and they're going to have directions that they want to go with their product or service. Yeah. And, and I'm going to have directions and you're going to, and, and you're going to, as long as that's between your gut feel of where your people are, are telling you, you should go. And maybe that does look very similar to something that, that I'm doing or someone else is yeah. doing, but, but you know, you know where it came from. It didn't come from just looking at somebody else's site and sure. copying it. Like, you know, yeah. Well, that's great, man. That, that, that is, uh, I, I think that's good advice. And, and that's kind of what I came to after talking to you and, and, um, uh, a few friends and, and it, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that it worked out that way. And, um, uh, so I have a couple questions for you about, uh, your podcast. Um, but, uh, that'll, that, that's, uh, like I said, that's coming in the, the little uh, bonus time. I got to come up with a name for this segment, whatever it is. But before before we do that, I really appreciate you coming on and doing and and, and doing the show with me. Uh, you pretty much are on every single podcast I've ever done. So I, <laughs> thanks for always saying yes and uh, for talking about your journey. This was great stuff. I think it's going to be super useful. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm always a fan of, of your stuff and especially your podcast. So happy to do it. Thanks, man. I told you. I told you, didn't I? I mean, how can you not want to hear the bonus episode after that? I did that on purpose, okay? Trying to create a little bit of suspense, a cliffhanger here. So uh, you can get the bonus episode by going to thegentlymad.com and subscribing or by texting the word TGM to the number 345-345 and get all hooked up magically 
through your phone, which still blows my mind. Anyway, that was a great conversation with Brian. There's so much more great content in the bonus episode, so I hope that you check that out. Let's see, what else? Uh, show notes and everything we talked about in this episode is at thegentlymad.com slash 65. And uh, you can also go there and find out how to leave me a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. And you'll be entered to win this month's book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which I think that you will love. I'd love to have you in the TGM community anyway, so sign up if that's something you feel like doing. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brian. Thanks so much for listening, and check back next Monday for a new episode of The Gently Mad. And until then, I'll see you next time. I don't know. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?